Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go to Wednesday, heading towards NBA Finals game number four. Suns and Bucks coming up after five o'clock. It's Cofield and Company. You heard it, BBBBBBBC, as we'll uh, talk to ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins in about 90 minutes. Adam Hill is here as the company. We come right out of the gates with uh, lots of NBA. Some arrest issues around the National Football League. But uh, first, interesting news coming down the pike from uh, Ben Volin, who uh, covers the Patriots in New England. Hey, we're almost here, baby. We got two weeks until August. Training camps start up. College football, obviously, is getting into camps. We're going to hear from Bob Bowlesby later on because we're having football media days now around college football. Next week, we'll be out at Mountain West Conference Media Day on Wednesday and uh, you know that elephant's still in the room with COVID and protocols do we have the protocols what's the vaccination rate at all these different places we do not want to have especially in college football issues with COVID but we probably will and last year turned into a disaster for many programs and we know in the NFL the rule is your team's got to get to 85% and then you can operate as normal If you're not there in terms of fully vaccinated players, then the players who are unvaccinated have different working conditions, and it may not be the easiest thing to get through. But anyway, uh, Volin says that nine, nine, nine NFL teams. How many teams in a league? 32? Yes. Quiz time. Nine NFL teams have at least 85% of players vaccinated. Uh, 72% of the players overall have had at least one vaccine shot across the league. So nine of 32 can work under normal conditions all the all the players well i'm trying to do a lot like so much math in my head right now yeah. it, that also means that the teams that are not at that 85 percent could be really ugly like if only 72 percent total have had a shot right and nine teams are over 85 percent right you could have a lot of teams between or below 55 percent sure with they're gonna have to make a real run here uh, you were trying to figure out what the second shot if they can get it in time. Well, I know yesterday was a big day uh, because you know yesterday is like two weeks out from training camp starting. So that was like the last day you could get your second shot and then be ready to go. Right, because you're not fully vaccinated until two weeks after your second shot. Right. So if you had your second shot yesterday, you'd be fully vaccinated right when training camp starts. If you haven't had the second shot yet, you won't be there. And again, this is not. I, I know. You know, people get sick of you vaccination, don't even, all this stuff, even, whatever. We don't even need disclaimers anymore. Right, but it it's is, not, this is this is a workplace issue. Of if course. you want to work like normal, if you want your football team to operate at optimum level, then you got to get to eighty five percent. And yeah. if you want to be, you know, Operation Team Freedom, the Buffalo Freedom Fighters, then you can be like those guys. And again, but I can tell you, if I, you can say all you want that you respect, uh, you know. Beasley and whoever else is on the, you know, whoever else is fighting a Poyer and his wife and all that, all that. When it comes to working, it's going to be a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. And that's, that's the rules that are set forth. Like the NFL is not required. I've seen people say like the Cole Beasley thing is he's fighting forced vaccination. No, what the rules are, there's no forcing is you can get vaccinated or you can't. And then there's two separate rules in place for if you are or you aren't, which is absolutely acceptable to me. Like, Hey, listen, you don't want to get it. That is a hundred percent fine. But you're operating under this separate set of procedures 
much like it was last year. So now the meetings are going to be virtual. You're not going to be around. You're not going to be able to eat lunch with people. You're not going to be able to travel with I can, people. I can tell you the meetings thing will drive me nuts. And if, if things – see, if things are going well, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. But if things start going poorly, there's going to be people, say, on your uh, position unit, you know, at your position where you're like, hey, we're not doing well here. be great if everyone was in the same G-damn room to meet and not doing it on video somewhere. And then obviously there's a travel restriction. So this is a, it's interesting. Nine of 32. And I would assume that by the time camps open that they'd be over 20 teams, but I don't know. You have any clue on the Raiders? I mean, well, it was laughable when uh, it was said a couple of weeks ago that the Raiders believe they'll be at a hundred percent. Yeah. No, they're not going to be a hundred percent. I'm telling you right now. I know players that absolutely will not do it. You, uh, you and I have decisions to make right from a work standpoint. Sure. I mean, you are at UFC. Um, you can cover them, but you have to work under slightly different conditions, right? If you're not vaccinated. Yeah. If you, uh, if, yeah. You want to be around different. the fighters. Yeah. You're not really around them doing one-on-ones and you have to wear a mask at all times on the, on the property, both uh cage side watching fights. And like today I was over at a media day. And if you are not vaccinated, you have to be, you know, you have to be wearing a mask and you can't really go around anybody. And that's just what the rules are. That that's how it's going to be. And, and, you know, I obviously applaud that. I think that's the right move. I know there's people out there that get annoyed by it, but like you have a personal decision to make. And I, I if if somebody was going around and jabbing people with with the vaccine, I would be like, no, that's not acceptable. You have the freedom, get it or not. Those things are fine. But if you have separate rules in place for hey, if you if you don't believe in it, you don't want to get it. That is totally fine. That's your that's your decision. But you are going to affect yourself and in some cases in the workplace, other people, yeah. because you can't you know fully operate. Um, you know, in a normal environment, if you, if you have people that are unvaccinated and that's again, your decision to do so, but you are at some point, you know, affecting everybody else by not doing it, just like you're affecting everybody else by not getting it and potentially spreading it around to more people. Yeah. Uh, You know, I work around UNLV football and basketball, so I I had a decision to make. If I wanted to do that, then got to get it done. Got to get fully vaccinated. So got the email the other day. If you're not, you can't travel. We saw it with the NFL, like in the, in the NFL and the media, I think we've mentioned this before, but you know, the, it's not just the players. It's the media as well. Now, in our case, as the media, it's very, very different rules. If we're vaccinated, we can go to the facility. We can do interviews. We can go back to almost what doing if, our job as normal. What if you're not? Banned. You're not allowed in a facility? Nope. Oh, wow. Games, practices, facility, nothing. It's Trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Okay, that was Trending at 2. This is officially What's trending at two? I got really fired up. I jumped in <laughs> to the uh, the breaking news from uh, Volin that nine of the 32 teams in the NFL are over 85% and get back to uh, working under normal conditions. Um, boy, Richard Sherman, if you are just looking at the story and the allegations out there, he ain't going to be playing in the NFL for a while. Uh, probably the least of his concern. I don't, is six he games. A, is he out of jail yet? Six games. Let's stop doing the six game joke. <laughs> uh, we don't know any of the details. No, I mean we're starting to learn a little bit. Like yeah. we're, it, it the details we know now are at a point where you can kind of make a pretty safe guess at what happened, but it you do have to fill you in can? a lot of the things in between. Yeah, okay, I can't. I don't. I don't. Cra- crashed his car. He was driving. He crashed his car. So then he went what? He there was probably he, I my this is went, where this is where you have to piece it together. My belief from kind of reading between the lines is that he's not living in his house anymore, and he was close to there. So then he what? Runs. And he was like, "I'm going to go he does, there." He does falling down and is running, this walking to a neighborhood. After I'm, crashes I'm going to go to where I did live, where my. It seems like he's separated again. We're we're 
making this assumption because we have no idea. It said he wasn't supposed to be there and it was his house. So that he went there, was trying to get in, and they were like, you're not coming in. And then the cops were called to come get him. And then he fought with the cops and he's like, I'm trying to go in my house, which wasn't his house, was supposed to be there. And then that's what he was arrested for. And then they had to bring out a dog. They did to have help. to bring in a dog. Well, Richard Sherman's a strong guy. And I don't know if you've ever fought like super drunk or you know inebriated people before. It's not easy. You have a lot of experience. I do. You? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard of you know someone being able to just take punches repeatedly. Yeah. Sometimes does I don't not, feel pain. It does then, not matter. Don't feel yeah. pain. Can't even really. Only solution is what? To eventually try to choke them out. It's really not a fair fight. I mean, you, you can't hurt them. You can hit them 30 times and nothing, and they get you once with a weaker punch. You're like, all right, that hurt. We'll follow up on this. Not a laughing matter because we don't know what happened, and you know, I, I hope it's not you know, what we think has been reported to this point, but uh, quite the ordeal, and as Adam was joking, back to 2014 when Roger Goodell made the ridiculous statement about all of these violent incidents would immediately mean you get slapped with a six-game suspension. Well, Richard Sherman's not signed, so I have no idea what that means. And, I mean, the NFL can do whatever it wants now. So they're sure. judge, jury, and executioner. And even if, you know, they they see something happens, Frank Clark is going to be a really interesting one. Eventually, the charges could be dropped on Frank Clark. But they could be like, hey, uh, yeah, Uzi's under our personal conduct policy. That means, uh, you know, hold the finger up to uh, two games. Six games. Say eight, <laughs> ten. Uzi is four. Like, no. what, what, do you feel, what do you feel like, Raj? What's an Uzi? It's automatic, uh, Steve. Three? Six it's not games. automatic. We've seen that. Six games, automatic. It's completely ridiculous. Oh, boy. Do we want Peyton Manning around sports at all anymore after that first pitch? I think he's a, a menace. The all-star game? What was he hurt doing? Pe- he could hurt people. What was he doing? I, I don't know. First, I thought he was going to throw over to first. Like, he really went from the stretch, and he was really looking at the runners. He just overdid it. I, think I mean, he- anyone who saw it, he, 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 went into, he went into the motion and then just gunned it too hard at the ground. Uh, he didn't pull a Derek Lewis, the UFC fighter, Ooh. the heavyweight. Um, basically threw it. I don't even know if he got it off the mound. I think he threw it on the on the dirt on the mound, maybe a little bit into the grass. He just basically threw it straight down to the ground. Like, dude, you're a JUCO football player. Yeah, it's not. It, it also says like throwing a baseball is hard, by the way, especially if it's, you haven't done it in a while. It's not easy, uh, yeah. especially from the mound. Oh yeah. If you if you don't get a chance to practice, uh, and you overdo it, if you try to throw, you know, ninety miles an hour. I'm sure Peyton Manning can zip it up there, but he completely screwed it up and threw it off to his, his left, and his motion was all goofy. I feel like uh, Derek Lewis got what he deserved for taking a shot at me last time I, t- I talked to him. He didn't like my shirt last time I talked to him, so uh, that was his. That he, was really, his he, he really sucked. It was terrible. Yeah, uh, Peyton Manning, I I mean, I do think he just got it too into it. I think he was just yeah. – he, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there like I'm an actual pitcher. And he probably pitched at some point in his career as like a little leaguer or wherever. And of course, I'm sure he had to. Of course. An NFL quarterback. But he, he you know what? It, you forget. The motion screwed him up. It's cockiness too. And don't do the stretch. No. Why but would I, you do a stretch? No, but I do Why think – you go from the stretch? I think it's absolute cockiness in that I'm an athlete. Yeah. I'm going to get up there and I'm going to show you I can do this. And if you haven't done it in a while, it is not easy. What motion would you go with and how hard would you throw it? I mean, I'd want to go up there and do what Peyton Manning did. Yeah. But I would. But not from the stretch. You would do would you do a full windup? No, I, I Or you don't even do I the might. full windup. You do just a just a short a short stride. I think you you especially if it's your first one, if you've never done it before, I think you go wind up just like if you get that feel like, ah, you know, I'm like a real pitcher standing up here, it's cool. I the the danger is when Peyton Manning does it. 
we're all like, oh man, what happened? We, we know he's we can throw. We know he can throw. He's a good athlete. What happened there? Like clearly something went wrong. But if somebody does it, like if I do it or you do it, then it's like, oh, that guy sucks. He's not an athlete. Like you, there, there is a higher standard that you're held to. Surprisingly, as a non-athlete, oh, I saw Manning getting slaughtered. But it was more joking around. Like everybody knows that he can actually throw. I like, saw people who were like, well, any little leaguer can do this. What's wrong with him? <laughs> people are idiots. I uh, also saw people, there were people, I, I don't know if they were inside or outside the market. I saw some comments like, what does he have to do with Denver? What? He's going to get his number retired <laughs> for the Broncos, which I think is weird, but he did win him a Super Bowl. I mean, kind of a strong association. Might not be the first team you think of, but he played there. He also chose them. Like, yeah. I mean, that, and it's different than getting drafted somewhere and, like, becoming a, a star there. He decided that's where he wanted to go and bring a Super Bowl. So, question for you. As I looked through social media last night and then I looked on uh, ESPN.com this morning, who won the All-Star game? Otani. I saw no buzz last night on social media, and I, maybe I follow the wrong people, but generally whatever's going on in the world of sports, like, that's, you know, where you're going to get a lot of good comments. And I swear – ESPN.com at like 8.15 this morning did not have the result of the Major League Baseball All-Star game on above the fold or in its top 10 stories. Can I say, first of all, good? Okay. Good. It, it's, a, it's a meaningless result. It doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. No. So they actually nailed it. I think so. Don't fall into the we need a result. Like the storylines of the All-Star game are more important than the game result. Okay. We know that. So isn't is aren't we kind of progressing when we don't have to worry like we don't have to go say AL won the game like who on earth cares about that? And I'll I'll also tell you there's a good and a bad side to that because I know from working in you know the oh, no. you know the journalism world the newspaper audience you know they want to know the winner. No, I, what really? I'm, no, I'm I'm saying it's it's a world where and th there's good and bad to this and I know people complain mostly about it, but it's a world where clicks rule and that doesn't mean you have to be clickbait all the time but it does mean if if we're putting out a story every year for the all-star game i've we put out a story that says al wins al wins no wins al wins and nobody clicks on it because nobody really. cares you're not doing that anymore and so so yes it, there's a good and a bad side to that because now you're you're tailoring things to what people are going to click on and then it becomes more and more of a um a race to just cater and pander to the audience and, and all those things. And there's a bad side to that, but there's a good side of like, you're learning what people care about and what they want. And so it's kind of, you know, reader curated news and that you're tailoring it to what people are, what people care about. And what people care about is much more how awful the uniforms were or uh, the hug after, you know, a line drive almost, almost takes a pitcher's head off. Like those things are what people are going to click on much more than, Hey, they uh, won the game five to two, and there was a great catch in the outfield that preserved the lead. Who cares? Damn, I was looking at old results when it mattered. The, when it was the when, World the, when Series? the when the National was went on a run of like uh, freaking eighteen two and one. But is, is the but, AL on a long run right now? Yeah, they are. I yeah, think so. See, you, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. I th no, I'm saying I, 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 I know that. I remember, I remember the NL had a long run. Uh, now a lot of people will look back on that because it started in the mid '60s. And went until the early 80s and also point to the fact that the NL much more embraced diversity on the rosters. A lot of the AL teams dragged their feet. So, sure. hey, when you pull from the entire country, potentially the entire world, 
Uh, you may have a better all-star team, but yeah, the American League's on a run. I have no idea how long it is. And there's there's no way to explain it now because obviously there are no, I mean, you'd like to have more participation from African-Americans around the country, but I, there's, there's very few organizations that aren't trying to just build their roster as good as it can be. I mean, there were some that were being real cheap on, <laughs> you know, camps and stuff in the Caribbean, but now everyone's on board. You have to be. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's more just fluke than anything else. Uh, let's talk about the coverage on the way back. Uh, Vlad Jr. wins the MVP, has a big home run. Uh, Joe Buck, for some reason, is like directing players to talk to each other. Uh, I want to see if people liked it, if they didn't like it. And oh, we'll get to it. Oh, the uniforms. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer, Ozzy and the Straw. We're talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Talking softball. Mattingly and All right, close. Pacheco. Close. We're Ken talking baseball. It's fine, though. Simpsons, pretty good. You remember Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw? Do you remember Wade Boggs being knocked out on the tile? It's all part of the Simpsons episode. Oh, Daryl like, Strawberry. I'm like, I remember it like, <laughs> on the Simpsons. <laughs> Adam was looking at me like, wait, like, what did happened? It really happen? Uh, no. no. The sideburns? Okay. The Mattingly sideburns? Yeah. We're talking softball. Did you like Joe Buck kind of directing there? As Vlad Jr.'s going around the bases, like, say something to him. It was, it was, it was awkward. <laughs> I mean, I admit, I, I was watching soccer. I, I was flipping back and forth. Yeah. Uh, to it's, it's Gold Cup time. We're, we're, all, we're dialed in. Uh, but no, I was, I was watching more soccer than baseball. I was turning it on, and I would like turn it on, and I'd see, you know, there'd be like conversations, and they were talking to hitters. I'm like, first of all, don't talk to the guy when they're in the batter's box. Like, what are we doing? How about right? don't talk to Liam Hendricks? <laughs> well, that, that too. Or how about we tell people their mics are hot? Yeah. Like I, I, he wasn't doing that because he he had no idea. It was not like he went on there and he's like, "Oh, my mic's hot. I'll get them." He just didn't know. So we, we should probably tell guys that they're live when they're going on there. What if you would have said something or not, awful or not? Just what do you mean awful? Like what? Okay, I, I'm just completely making. This is not real. I'm not saying this this happened. Right. But if there was like some jokes going around about like some guy's wife slept with somebody else, or something, okay. and they, he was like making a joke about it, or even talking about like. Hey man, can't believe that, you know, whatever, whatever. Like, there's things that could be said, or what if he made some like awful joke, just between friends? Like, I have. By the way, I'm not one of the like. I I think when you're going out and like canceling people and stuff for, I know we talked about that whole thing before, but for like private conversations that somehow get leaked out, things like that, like it's insane sometimes. But, like, what if he does something like that? He doesn't know that he's on. Could happen, but I'll take the trade off. Because that, that was one of the things I saw trending the most sure, on social media was Liam Hendricks going freaking, you know, blue with the language. Uh, uh, but the curse words are the same in Australia as they are here, by the way. Why not? Yeah. It's good. What sport have you played where people aren't cussing? 
None. And and saying awful things. Like yep. I, that's, that's what happens all the time on the <laughs> yep. field. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't get worse, to be honest. Well, it's cool that Vlad Jr. got the star in the game. Youngest dude uh, to hit a home run in an all-star game since Johnny Bench. Wow. 1969, so 50-plus years. He's a phenom. There he is. Tatis is a phenom. The game's in good shape. Uh, we'll get to what Stephen A. Smith was saying in about eight minutes yeah. at the beginning of the week. So, interesting uh, interesting stars on display. I won't say, you know, interesting game. Like Adam said, maybe we should just get away from the actual result of the game. Does it really matter? I saw Philadelphia getting all pissed off because they because uh, Zach Wheeler was disrespected. Like, are we still doing this stuff? Like, who plays when they play? If they throw one out, like, who cares? And then somebody I and here's how much it matters to me. I don't remember. Somebody didn't get somebody didn't get that bad. They got left in the on deck circle at the end of the game, and it was like, oh man, we really want to get him in that bat. Like, all right, huh. I guess you, the guy wants one too. I'm sure, but like in the grand scheme of things, making the All Star team is what people remember. And yeah, you want the personal memory of getting in that bat, but like all that goes down in history really is who's on the team and who's not. I'm going to read you something that's going to sound really crass, but I do want your reaction. My 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 question is going to sound really crass. Uh, I was reading one write-up of the game that was trying to you know make it into, hey, you know what, uh, this is a nice break. Here's the positives of the game. Because there's so many negatives right now in baseball. Uh, a dark cloud has hung over Major League Baseball over the past few weeks. Incessant talk about the industry's issues with foreign substances was followed by hideous sexual assault allegation against the uh, sport's highest-paid player, all within the backdrop of interminable concern about baseball's future. But sometimes the game takes over and nothing else seems to matter. Is all that stuff, and those are stories we've talked about, is it a cloud over the game? Do you think casuals do you think casuals are really tracking all that stuff where it's like ruining, and by casuals, here's what I mean. People in their cities, because it's a very regional sport, who watch baseball every day because it's their local team. Do you think they're sidetracked by sticky stuff and Trevor Bauer? I mean, I think the markets that have been most affected like, yeah, I think maybe in New York. I mean, we know they're obsessed with the Yankees anyway. Yeah, but do you think there's a lot of other Garrett things going Cole's on? sticky stuff is the biggest story or just Yankee suck is bigger? Well, I feel like they're related too. And a lot of people think it's because th- that they're related. Um, I-, I know that I li- like I listen to non-sports shows from New York. They talk about it a lot. Oh, really? But it's, You're talking it's about also, who Charlamagne the God is talking about sticky stuff? <laughs> the Yankees no, sucking? No, just like like some some random like comedy type talk shows. Oh, okay. Um, and it like they they talk about it. It's not like they talk about it all day, every day. They definitely talk about it, and they're they think the you know the MLB is out of control for coming after Garrett Cole and coming after the Yankees, and they think the Yankees suck, but they also feel like hey, two of our pitchers can't pitch anymore, probably because of that. Which, um, by, by the way, I mean I was screaming and yelling about Cole, and it's not, I think it's seven or eight starts. Since the sticky stuff ban, like his ERA is like four two, you know. Since the ban, it was like one seven. Like he's he's That's not he's, he's not Mike Hampton Rockies. Like after he signed an eight year one hundred twenty five million dollar deal, where it's like he's got a seven ERA. And he's also coming. There's off, a big he's coming there, off a great start. Yes, yeah. and that that was that's and that's he was four five seven and like six starts, but. uh Whatever. Well, Chapman, Chapman also sucks, too. Chapman now, has been bad. There's also a lot of, you know, I, I've seen a lot of baseball people say that has nothing to do with it. It's, it's completely independent, but it's suspicious. Small sample. Sure. Right? Sure. But it's, it's uh, we've been talking about it. But again, a dark cloud over the over the game. And like, we, we rip on baseball, but like, concerns about the future. 
the sport's healthy. It may not be growing a smaller audience. I'm sorry, a younger audience enough, but the game's healthy. It's doing well sure. worldwide. They're making money hand over fist. It's doing fine. Is it is it going to be the number three sport in the country forever? I don't know. Well, I also it, it, it used to be number one. Just to go it's back, a slower sport. Yeah, things change. And to go back, to what I was saying, like what I'm hearing this on shows that have never talked about baseball before, really. Mm, so those are the casuals. So it's, it's almost like, hey, this is an interesting story. It's not a dark cloud. It's right. more people are talking about something. Some ways, it's turned out to be a good thing. Sure, power's not a good thing. Well, the the pitchers, you know, stripping down in front of the umpires, like yeah. it's a funny moment yeah. that a lot yeah. of people talk about. That's not a dark cloud. That's funny. The Bauer you know thing, what? the Bauer thing is not funny, but right. it's not also it's also not a dark cloud hanging over the sport. It's something about one person, and it's a it's a topic that that definitely transcends baseball. It's a topic of people, you know, with accusations and when do you you know when do you take action against somebody in the workplace on accusations or you know allegations and those sorts of things. Like those things are being discussed. It's not necessarily people saying, "Well, I don't like baseball anymore because these things are happening." Well, what do we talk about all the time, right? When you when media people cover a sport, they're in a bubble. Sure. So they're just bombarded by, you know, the serious stories every day and that they think that's what casuals are bombarded by and they're not. Definitely. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's more people that are talking about baseball than never did before. We're about 15 minutes away from talking to Kevin Winter, who's on the uh, pre and post and uh, intermissions, I guess between quarters, uh, hockey term with the intermissions. But uh, Kevin Winter is going to join us from uh, ESPN National to get us ready for game four. It's right here starting at five o'clock on ESPN Las Vegas, Bucks and Suns going at it. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Stephen A. Smith went on to say that the face of baseball can't be Shohei Otani, the Japanese pitching and hitting star of the Angels. It needs to be, Smith said. Somebody like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, those guys. This bull****. That Otani is somehow not American enough for baseball is exactly what baseball people used to say about Roberto Clemente and before him Jackie Robinson. In any context, this is racism. This is it! You're right free! actually don't think it's the same as uh, Roberto Clemente and Jackie Robinson. I, I think he's wrong on that. So it's, all, it's, it's worse that it's this we're, we've evolved this far in society and you're still doing it. I think it's worse. Now, I think I think it's a fair question to ask. Do American baseball fans need English speakers? to fully gravitate towards Major League Baseball stars. I think we asked the same question in MMA about Anderson Silva. Was Anderson Silva as big as he should have been? Anderson Silva was so much better than Conor McGregor. I'm just, I'm putting it just, I think what Stephen A was getting at was do we, the American fans, need English spoken to get that person to the highest level of stardom? Jackie Robinson was not welcome in the game. They had to freaking break down the door to let him in. And yes, with Roberto Clemente, there was a ton of xenophobia when you'd have local media members in Pittsburgh 
writing out his quotes directly, you know, as he spoke, not great English. Now, Overman comes back and also defends Otani and Vlad Jr. in the fact that they use interpreters. Fire this. In this environment, to suggest that a sport or any entertainment business can't have for its marquee figure, a Japanese man who uses an interpreter because he speaks excellent English but doesn't want to be misunderstood, is not just stupid and hateful, but dangerous. Okay. So again, state your case, because I know yeah, Stephen A is an easy target. So people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sure. Now we get a chance to go at Stephen A. And then he, he kind of doubled down on it when, in some ways, I mean, a lot of it is just bombastic blathering on his part when he's talking about not being able to pronounce the Nigerian names in basketball. I mean, okay, I, you tell me why, why, because it's 2021, it's actually worse to still be worried about what language someone's speaking. Yeah. I, I, I think we're at a point where, you know, not, not to excuse people back then, they were horrific and awful. And, you know, the way that people were treated and, you know, the way that, you know, black and brown players weren't even allowed in the game and everything all those other things that happened of course those are awful but like who is still thinking those things it, it's like it, it to me goes back to to kind of make a comparison like with uh the carl nassib situation where like maybe 20 30 years ago it could have been an ugly um process for him but now there were so few people that the people that said anything really really stood out and were disgusting and gross and and can easily be you know, judged as, you know, being outside of societal norms and everything else. Like, we're at a point now, like, what are you talking about? And and I, I just wanted to make, I'm glad that you played the Oberman part, but I wanted to make the, because when we first started this, you said English speakers, and then you said English is spoken. Two different things. Otani is an English speaker. Right. He speaks English. He doesn't want to do interviews in English because of people like Stephen A. Smith. And, and I'm not going to. Do you think Stephen A. would get on him I, if he spoke of course. broken English? And I'm not going to. Not even broken English. And I'm not even going. I'll, I'll say we probably would great. too. I say we probably would too. It's not even. It's not even if your English is great. I don't think you you say anything about that. What it is is, as your second language, sometimes when you say something, you might say something wrong. Mm-hmm. You might say you might mean one thing and say another. And then it gets taken out of context and then it's on every single morning show. I can't believe Otani said this. I can't believe Otani said he's better than Mike Trout. You're like, well, that's not what he said. What he was trying to say was, Hey, it's really great to play with Mike Trout. You know, we really compliment each other or something like that, but the words come out wrong. And then we start trashing him for what he said or what the interpretation or, you know, what, what his words said and not what he actually meant. And then those things go viral and blow up. Like I totally get that. I, I literally, Two hours ago, I was having a conversation with a UFC fighter, a Brazilian fighter. Very normal conversation. His English is tremendous, probably better than mine. And then he goes to go on stage and he goes, hey, I need an interpreter. For this exact reason. He's, he doesn't want what he says because, because he, when, you're, when it's your second language, you're thinking a lot about what you're saying and trying to say it right. And maybe it doesn't come out exactly right. So you'd rather have an interpreter so you can say it in your more more comfortable language and then it can be interpreted now that's a problem too sometimes because sometimes interpreters don't use the exact words and then that becomes an issue but i think you're just more comfortable saying what you want to say in a language you don't have to think about every single word that you're saying that's yeah, funny the and the guys he mentioned trout doesn't say much and bryce is a, uh, a robot so <laughs> exactly. do we really do we actually Meme. are they are they really much different no. than show through an interpreter <laughs> no I, like like the the i mean 
they're megastars, but they're not as big as they could be. But that, that said, you don't have to, if you're not a bombastic person, if, you know, you're not confrontational and that's kind of what works, you know, if you're not going to act like an ass like Josh Donaldson, which would work really well with if Bryce Harper was in a constant battle with people or Trout was, he'd, they'd be even bigger than they are. Or if Otani every day would just be like, I'm the best pitcher and the best hitter in the league. Deal with it. <laughs> like people, which would, people be, would, love it would be so tremendous. It would, people would love it. It's not, but it's also not. It's him. also yeah. I mean, do we? I don't like talking about culture because everyone you know within a culture is is not the same. Right. But um, yeah, it would not be the Japanese baseball culture to be. But I'm sure there are Japanese baseball players who are who are louder and more arrogant well, than normal. And there's also and we talk so much about we watch those uh, you know Latin World Series games and how like exciting they are the the winter ball games in the the all the the trash yep. talking yep. and the bat flipping yep. and the, there's guys that are very quiet and just reserved and just want to play the game like it's not all yeah, and on hispanic the, and players. on the latino player thing if if you do have a latino player who actually uh does his speaking through his play and is flamboyant then you've got american baseball you know white baseball rules guy like ian kinsler who's like oh they don't play the right way <laughs> so i guess it all flies right in, back in the face of Stephen a it's not necessarily about you know what language you're speaking no it, and it's it by the way otani is not providing crazy over-the-top sound bites for first take to pick apart so Stephen a's mad about that join the conversation on twitter at espn las vegas you're listening to cofield and company live from the battleborn broadcast center on espn las vegas all right, let's get into the NBA Finals game number four. It's coming up here on ESPN Las Vegas. Kevin Winter is the host of the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio National. He's up with Cofield and Adam Hill. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? How you doing? We're fired up. Uh, first of all, are you uh, still upset? Or are you still offended last night by Liam Hendricks and his bad language? No, hell, <laughs> hell no. I'm jealous. I was jealous. <laughs> Why can't I get mic'd up and be allowed to swear? Come on, yeah, man. Right. I mean, we, we, we talk in front of a microphone for a living, guys, and we have to be on our best behavior. I want microphones on when I'm allowed to drop an F-bomb. I promise I won't do it on your show. Yes. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know how I've avoided doing it over the years. Um, someone asked me, they, my, my mom once asked me, she says, why do you have such a filthy mouth, and how can you be on the radio? I said, Mom, I have such a filthy mouth because when I'm on the radio, I can't. There you go. Actually, if I, that was, if my, that was my logic. I have a filthy mouth, I would just point to her and go, you, it's your fault. You <laughs> no, 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 no. If that lady, if that lady said, but I mean like B U T T, that was yeah. a dirty word to her. Oh really? So, <laughs> oh yeah. She was one of those. I couldn't even say the word sucks. I mean, if that, I no. mean, if I said that as a kid, ma, this sucks. Um, I'm getting yelled at. Wow. Kevin, Kevin Winters. With us. Oh yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about let's talk about game three first of all. Um, you know, I was saying before that game, I didn't understand why uh, the Bucks weren't attacking the rim more often. And you know, Giannis, stop shooting the threes. Freaking go at Aiton and get him off the floor. It is amazing. And uh, if I were, I wish we were on site for this one. Um, we're not this year, obviously, for certain reasons. John Barry's face must have been absolutely strawberry red because <laughs> you could just sense as he's calling the game on radio for us, he was literally fuming every time the Bucks. One of those games, the Bucks. I think in game two, when, they, when they're up 29 to uh, 26 at the end of one, the Bucks get 18 points in the first quarter in the, in the paint. They get four in the second quarter. 
Milwaukee is one of the most infuriating teams that if I were a fan, I'd have no hair. I, I mean, talk about swearing. I would have, uh, the language would have been through the roof. They are, I, I don't get it. Now, part of it, I think, stems from their coach, Mike Budenholzer, who doesn't like to make adjustments, um, and he's terrible at it. I don't get what they do half the time. But, yes, this seems so obvious. If we can figure this out, guys, if DeAndre Ayton's the only big, you attack him, you get him off the floor, and you can eat in the middle of the lane, this offense does not seem to be too complicated to run. And why players love shooting threes in this day and age when you're not good at it, I don't know, but that's what they do. I know it's a common theme for the Bucks. I'm not going to I don't want to dismiss, you know, what they've done for a long time and not attacking the rim enough and and being aggressive all the time, but <laughs> it certainly it certainly seemed like Giannis finally felt more healthy and more comfortable doing it last game and that had to be part of it. 100 I think you're 100% right, but even but even then guys, go back at him to um go back to the game game 5 when Giannis for the first game Giannis missed against Atlanta. Where was Brooke Lopez that game when he put up 33? The dude never left the paint. And so it's there are times where it does seem obvious um, to just stay in the lane, but they don't. But I, I do agree with you. Giannis seemed more comfortable and more agile, and the knee had a little more flexibility to it, where he got more and more comfortable that I can do this, and if I'm in the paint and I'm living, I can, I can, make, I can just get all these little plays and do all these little moves. He was also more aggressive, and let's face it, too. Milwaukee played with desperation. Phoenix did not match the desperation that Milwaukee had, which Milwaukee, by the way, needed, because, I mean, if they lose that game the other night, this thing's over. Heck, if they lose tonight, this thing's over. So this has still got to be a desperate game for Milwaukee, and Phoenix better match it, or we could be in for another 20-point win for the Bucks. Yeah, and and it seems like it's it's been almost a you know a Wimbledon men's tennis match. Like nobody's breaking serve and nobody's even coming close. It's like you know forty love every every game here. Uh, it, what is going to take? What is it going to take for somebody to break? What is it going to take for somebody to win on the road in the series? Uh wow, it's a great question. Uh, well, you all right? Hang on, let's let's take two things here. It'll take Milwaukee being dumb, which is possible. <laughs> okay. it, it, Milwaukee being dumb, going to the outside shot. Milwaukee is best when the ball gets to the lane. They can shoot threes. Uh, and I, I've learned this from PJ, who's with me on the pregame show, and listening to JB and Doris. You can take threes, but there's a difference between a good three and a bad three. A good three is if the ball goes to the lane, then it gets kicked out. Or if the ball gets in on transition and it swings, swings, swings. Right? You've got movement. A bad three is... Chris Middleton brings the ball up in transition, or Holiday brings it up. One pass to Middleton on a quick fire three, and it's a brick off the back, and back go the Suns. That's a bad three. So how does a, how does someone a road team win? Milwaukee gets stupid tonight. DeAndre Ayton does not get in foul trouble. DeAndre Ayton is the one who's eating in the lane, and it's the Suns who decide to feed him right away. Heck, maybe if you're Phoenix, you feed Ayton tonight. Let's say you get Lopez in trouble. All right, now you've even the score a little bit. So if DA does have to come out, even for a couple of minutes to get a spell, you've now even the score because Lopez is on the bench, and it's just Giannis. I, I know it's just Giannis, yeah, but at least <laughs> but Crowder can at least check in for a couple of minutes. So you've got, you know, I think Aiton is a huge key. The other side, Devin Booker can't play the way he did the other night. If Booker comes out hot, this thing, 
I'm hoping at least we get a close game, and I'm curious as to what it is. Booker's one to keep an eye on tonight. Aiton's one to keep an eye on tonight. And which Milwaukee offense shows up? I think those are the three keys to this game tonight. Who who is the most important player for Phoenix? I mean, is it Paul? I, no, I want to say it's DeAndre Ayton. Only okay. after I and I say that because of what happened the other night. I say Ayton, and it's not necessarily for points. I say Ayton because if he's not on the floor and Milwaukee wants to, they can own this. They can win games by twenty to twenty-five because he is that big. They have zero size, guys. With Sarich down, their next biggest guy is Tory Craig. That's bad. You can absolutely destroy this team on the inside. That's where I say it's Aiden. If you're looking for scoring, it's Booker. It's Devin Booker because that that dude can heat up. That, that guy can heat up in a second, and when he does, that's when the offense flows. All right, let's stick with uh, the Booker theme. Bets here in Vegas over under total points for Booker twenty eight tonight. It is 28. Thanks. By the way, I'm going to have to steal half of these for the pregame show. Uh, 28 for Booker. Um, wow. Under. I think, he gets locked, I think he gets locked up again by Holiday. Okay. Uh, Giannis points, assists, rebounds. The total is over under 53 and a half. It's a tough one. For everything? Uh, yeah. Over. Okay. And I, I have noticed I, that you, uh, Kevin Kevin Winters, with it, I have noticed that you started using these on a lot of the pregames. Um, <laughs> was, that, was that on – was that on the advice of someone you work for? Or you just said, you know what, gambling's here. I'm going to start doing this. Uh, it's a combination. Uh, it's also, hey, we need to fill two minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, yeah. hey, the, anthem, the anthem just started. We're early. The anthem right. just started. Fill something. Okay? What's the easiest thing to do? It's these gambling numbers. Play over-unders. Um, and, but the funny thing is, I tried to pull a couple of them up the other night, and I, I, um, I tried to pull a couple of them up, and, and I was, they were already off the board. Like, they'd already shut him down for the moment. Uh, and I'm like, crap, I got to make my – so I had to make up my own. I picked Drew Holiday 17 points out of thin air. I then looked up the real one. It finally got posted later. It was 10. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, Holiday – I said it for 17 in his, in his live over and his real over under rather was 10 in Vegas. And I went, holy crap, I wish I knew that ahead of time. <laughs> So, Kevin, we check in with you uh, when we got to check in with you more. Kevin Winters with us from ESPN National. He's, uh, he's hosting the NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. Uh, we always check in with you around NBA Finals time. Um, when, if we do this, say, three years from now, right? Uh, yeah. Are these teams a blip this year, or do you see one of these teams moving forward and they're, they have a chance to consistently be in the NBA Finals? Uh, I'd love to say I'd love to see. I think I could see Phoenix doing it, guys, but here's the problem. The West is so loaded. Now, I could see Phoenix being a team that we're talking about, but are they going to be in three of the next? Are they going to be in two of the next three? I don't know because Golden State's coming back. Um, We got the news of Kawhi, so who the heck knows there? The West is deep. Now, in the East, I can easily see. Well, that all happens. What happens with Brooklyn? When Brooklyn's healthy, the East is Brooklyn. Philadelphia, we can officially put Philadelphia to bed. They are a bunch of frauds. They're a bad basketball team. I know they get great. I know they get a great record, but man, forget about it. There's nothing encouraging with that Philadelphia squad. I think it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the East. The West is just so loaded. As much as I want to say, I think we could see Phoenix in the final eight, the final four every year. I'm not sure if that's possible because I mean, you're gonna who you count who you leaving out? LeBron or Steph? <laughs> 
So all the balance in the future, is that good or bad for the NBA? I mean, the TV numbers are not great right now with Milwaukee and Phoenix. So are we going into a period where, hey, there's a lot of balance and maybe the hardcore fans really like it, but the casuals just don't gravitate to the NBA until there's a dominant champion again? I think that's 100% accurate. We, me as a hoop head, um, a lot of the hoop heads are going to love this because it's terrific basketball. Even you know, Adam even mentioned about you know this just looks like a you know, forty love forty love. Uh, that all I agree with that. It does look like a John Isner tennis match where the guy holding serve you're going to go thirty six thirty two in the final in, in the final set. Um, <laughs> you know whatever the heck that was at Wimbledon that year. I, I agree with that. It's still good basketball to me. It's still fun basketball at times. I would love to see four point games and, uh, but I I do agree that we are in the time where the hardcore basketball fan will enjoy it. The fringe basketball fan will be like, just tell me when LeBron gets back in. Tell me when the Lakers, tell me when the Celtics, tell me when the Heat, tell me when the Knicks, tell me when those teams are back in. Or even Steph. Kevin, good job, man. We'll be listening later. Thank you so much. You got it, boys. Be good. Call me anytime. There he is. Kevin Winter, ESPN National. He hosts the, uh, the pre and the post and the breaks and halftime and all that stuff on ESPN national we we uh i don't think we had a discussion with you last week maybe we did we were talking about who has staying power long range the the suns or the bucks and it's not the easiest question to answer you know because we don't know the future of the suns with chris paul you don't know the future of the west with all the other teams can anyone be a super team can the nets keep it together and be actually healthy in the postseason so i i think we're in for balance for a while here and then we go back to, and I, I've done sports talk radio long enough that I, I go through every one of these years when there's a dominant champion or two teams that make the finals all the time. Oh, fatigue! Same team win all the time. Then when there's no dominant team, oh, this league sucks! There's no great team! Like, uh, the NBA can never win. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.